words like akai or asai or gif or jif mischievous mischievous niche niche potato potato don't be a ball breaker when someone's a word mistaker listen to their motivation more than latching on to their mispronunciation but there is that commercial where everyone pronounces quinoa as Joaquin. I mean, come on. How's that possible? <laughs> and it's time for another unbuckled, bumpy ride with your guide, the stark raving lunatic himself. I'm Jim. Let's jump right in again. Welcome to my podcast based on my brand new book, available on Amazon, Live Life Lean, L-E-A-N. It's a year-long guide to gratitude and our daily grind. The book that combines some timeless wisdom from a whole lot of the world's wiser people with the reflections, reactions, and wisecracks of the guide's author, me. And it guides you, the reader, through the simplest system for a happy, healthy, authentic, and genuinely grateful everyday experience. I urge you to get the book. Of course I do. I wrote it. It's either at Amazon or at my website, amperage.com. A-M-M-P-U-R-A-G-E. But even without it, let's make next week better than last, our next year better than the past, and get started now with today's episode of... So don't be a ball breaker when someone is a word mistaker. They mean well. Listen to their motivation more than latching onto their mispronunciation. My wife, for example, can be the most confidently insecure creature. I think it is so cool. How so? Okay, every man out there listening, you know that you have your insecurities. You know what they are. I probably know what some of them are. And your woman, your partner, they definitely know that you have them and what they are. Or worst case, they know what they think you should be insecure about. And if that has you wondering and a little worried, well, good. I told you I knew that you had insecurities. Hell, we all do. I do. So, yes, my wife, like other women, has insecurities as well. But she has this amazing, confident humility about words. She sometimes sucks at proper pronunciation. She frequently fouls up choosing her choice words. And when her enunciation and punctuation runs afoul, you know what? She says, hey, it's my word. That's how I like it. So... Husband Jim, live with it. And I do. Not everybody would, though. I know many a master of the you-said-that-wrong universe who will focus so much, too much, on catching people saying something wrong that they don't catch what the person is saying, or at least trying to say. Or at least the most effective way to shade the conversation in a way that's vibrant and not make it so black and damn white. Don't quibble particulars. The devil is in those details. Listen to, listen for what they're really saying, which may not be what you're hearing, or even the actual words they're uttering, but rather the feelings that they're experiencing. Goes way back. So Bible, earliest days, there was this tree. And, and the tree grew a forbidden fruit that some called the apple of Eve's eye. 
but now they see, some people say it wasn't really an apple in the Garden of Eden. And so they start discussing it, and then they start arguing over it, doing the whole apples and oranges thing, and not focusing on the fruit of the Spirit, the fruits that we produce for ourselves and others, the fruit intended in the message. Is that what God would want? Come on. Is that what you really want? Now, is that what the devil would want? Damn betcha. So, buddy of mine, over a decade, who his significant other, honestly, stormed off, called him names, uh, when he was actually right about certain facts. But the facts weren't going to change her feelings. Because honestly, facts don't care about feelings. And that does not feel good to the person with the feelings. There is a terrific commentator out there with a podcast. Uh, this guy is incredibly intelligent. Uh, I bow and humble myself in his shadow. Uh, man speaks a bazillion miles an hour and says his whole family does. Uh, terrific debater. And he's the one who actually said the, state, the phrase, the first time I ever heard it was, facts don't care about your feelings. Now I always knew this and speech and debate for years. I knew it, but just so simply, succinctly put, facts don't care about your feelings. And as a debate point, that may win debates, but it doesn't win points. See, are we trying to win a debate here, or are we trying to win back the woman that we once dated? Would we have quibbled the quantities and the descriptives way back then when we were dating her? If we had quibbled and discussed and highlighted and emphasized those quantities back then, would we have ever won and wooed her in the first place? Would we have got her then? And if not, then why do we use it to get her now? Why do we try this tactic now? Okay, when, if we know her better after all this time, shouldn't we know better? Listen like you're dying to hear by dissecting what you're trying to hear. Like you're really dying to get beyond just being stuck here to get you and her, well, over there, wherever over there is. It's like the story about a man who had heard what a monk had said, but missed what the monk was saying. It was a story about how we choose to see things. See, there once lived a wealthy man who was bothered by severe eye pain. He consulted doctors, physicians, but none could treat his ache. He went through a myriad of treatment procedures, but his pain persisted vigorously, intensely. He looked, he searched, I should say, and for every available solution for his pain, there just appeared to be a dead end. Eventually, he approached a wise monk, renowned for treating various illnesses. The monk carefully observed the man's eyes and offered a very peculiar solution. The monk told the man to concentrate only on one color for a few weeks and to avoid any and all colors. The man says, which one? The monk told the man to concentrate only on the color green for a few weeks. The man was desperate to get rid of the pain, and he was determined and claimed to be ready to go to any extent to do so. So this wealthy man appointed a group of painters. He purchased barrels of green paint and directed that every object that his eye was likely to fall on be painted green. He really wanted to cure this thing. After a few weeks, the monk actually came to visit the man to follow up on the man's progress. Funny thing is, as the monk walked towards the man, the appointed painter near him poured a bucket of green paint all over the monk. Yeah, he got slimed. The monk could see that the whole corridor, the room, the house, the world of this wealthy man had been painted green. 
And as the monk inquired for the reason for painting everything green, the wealthy man said, hey, that I was following and completely following the monk's advice to look at only green. Hearing this and wiping the green paint from his face, the monk laughed and said, hmm, I did say focus on green. But if only you had just purchased a pair of green spectacles, it would have cost you a few dollars. You could have saved a large share of your fortune. Something you need to learn. You cannot paint the world green. So the problem is, how are we choosing to see what other people are trying to communicate? Let us change our vision and the world just may appear accordingly. And now, more words of wisdom to wow your socks off from the Live Life Lean Guide itself. Entry 218. Never stand begging for that which you have the power to earn. Miguel de Cervantes. And the guide's point of view on this? See, this one makes me go, hmm... By never stand begging, does Cervantes mean never permit yourself to tolerate begging? Or that begging works best on one's knees, not standing? Hmm. So what do you think about this? Using the Live Life Lane system, what have you learned recently that's new? What have you earned and stood for that wasn't just handed to you? Where have you added to the world that wasn't just about you? And now, be grateful for all of that. Reflect on it, respect it, and navigate somewhere next. Thank you for listening. I hope you're enjoying your copy of the Live Life Lean, L-E-A-N guide. Enjoying it almost as much as I did creating it. And if you don't have a copy yet, go on over to Ampurage.com or Amazon and get started today experiencing the amazing power of knowing every day is literally yours to be grateful about. And you need never feel unfulfilled again. I'm Jim Hall. And until next time, good health, God bless. And now, go get a little dirty learning something new. Earning what's not given to you. Adding to this crazy world that we share. And navigating your way to something new. And next.